How in the Hell Did I Get Here is sponsored by the Creative Ways Podcast. Host and long-term designer Emma Isaac's podcast features inspiring conversations with successful photographers, musicians, fashion designers, and more, who generously share tactical advice to motivate and educate creatives to stay on the path. Find it where you listen to your podcasts and be sure to visit her website for a fun freebie. You can find it at emmaisaacs.co.uk and that link is in the show notes. Hey everybody, it's Kim and I'm actually recording right now from my friend's guest room while I'm dog sitting. And I can honestly say it's really nice to have a change of scenery. Anyway, because of that and the chance to take a little break, we decided to share a replay of one of our favorite shows with you about one of my favorite women, Adrian, who was my boss and a true how in the hell did I get here woman. If you haven't heard this one, you're in for a treat. If you have heard it, listen and laugh with us again. This show originally aired on August 22nd, 2019. Also, be sure to tune in tomorrow for our How in the Hell Did I Get Here shorts, which are some of our favorite stories pulled from the archives. And we'll be back in two weeks with more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then, keep on keeping on, people. Hey, it's Kim. And this week we have a really special show about someone who was a really special person. Today we're going to talk about my friend and former boss, Adrian Weinstein. She's not with us anymore, but she left an indelible mark on my life during the 16 years we worked together. She and Faye, who was my employee, were my, quote, Jewish mothers. And man, did we ever have some fun adventures. Think of us as Lucy, Ethel, and Ethel. And you never knew which one of us was going to be Lucy. But a lot of the time, it was Adrian. (laughs) Sadly, we lost Adrian in 2005, and yesterday would have been her 79th birthday. Today's show is dedicated to her and all about her, with stories and memories from my other Jewish mother, Faye, and Adrian's sons, Chad and Josh. I feel very lucky to have known Adrian. She was a great boss and a great friend, and they broke the mold when they made her. There really never was a dull moment when she was around, and she left behind a lot of funny stories. And I think in ways, she helped me learn about the power of telling a good story, and help me understand that life is full of stories when you look at it in the right way. So in that way, she still lives on in this podcast. Before we get going, I want to say a special shout out to our newest producer, Dave A., who is supporting the show with a monthly contribution. You can do that too at coffee.com forward slash how in the hell. This is Kim A. Floden, and you're listening to How in the Hell Did I Get Here? Quick note, as always, today's episode includes swear words. Stay with us. And have you RSVP'd yet for our virtual happy hour? You're invited to come hang out with us on Zoom on Wednesday, September 4th at 5 p.m. Pacific Time for a virtual happy hour with all of the sisters. That's me, Carrie, Jenny, Aaron, Skye, and our sister from another mister, Tammy. There'll be games, prizes, silliness, and sass. Visit How in the Hell Podcast to sign up and receive your free recipe for our signature cocktail, the Drunken Donkey. You just never knew what kind of shenanigans you might get into when you were hanging out with Adrian. Enjoy a few stories here that I shared with my sister Carrie. 
I spent the majority of my career working for Bachman's Floral Gift and Garden Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you're ever there, go take a visit. The main store is really impressive to visit. I mean, they have huge greenhouses and those greenhouses in the winter were like a godsend. To be able to go up there and walk through all that greenery was just like, kept me sane. Minnesota in the winter is just gray. There's no other colors. It's just right. Well, right. you get 50 shades of gray, but that's a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. We're not going to talk about that. So anyway, so I worked with these two women, and I referred to them as the Jewish mothers. One was my boss, Adrian was my boss, and the other one was my employee, which was hilarious because they were, well, Adrian definitely was old enough to be my mother, and Faye was like, if she would have been a teen mother, she could have been my mother. And we used to have the craziest freaking adventures. So one time we were downtown um, at the Target Center. There was a, um, we were editing a commercial. There was like an editing booth down there. We were editing TV commercials and we were there for like three days. I mean, we went home every night, but in, when you're editing a TV thing, you're in a dark room for like eight hours a day and it's boring. So the last day we're like, we were giddy when we got out. It was like a Friday and we're like, fuck, we're finally done with this. We can go home. So those two get in the front seat and we're at the Target Center and Adrian is driving and they are like chattering away in the front seat and I'm in the back seat kind of dazed out from like these three days of being in the dark. And I'm like not paying attention, but then I am kind of paying attention. And I realize, I look at this truck and I think, oh, that's kind of an interesting looking truck. And then I'm still kind of dazing out. And then I see, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of, an, isn't that the same? And then I'm like, oh, maybe it isn't. Then I'm like, that's, I'm like, Adrian, we're on the same floor. She is like driving, like she's, <laughs> she's going down. <laughs> and they're just driving. She's just going in a big circle on the same level. And, you know, and she had no, they had no idea. Yes. It was another version of a roundabout. Yeah. Okay. So that reminds me of another time. So Champ's restaurant in Richfield, Minnesota, I don't even know if it's still there anymore, but it was near there and we would go there for lunch pretty often. And they had a whole, like they had an atrium window on one whole side of the restaurant. It was on a corner. So we oh, go. Oh yeah, I remember that place. Yeah. So it's yeah. good. Yeah. It was pretty good there. So we go there one day for lunch. Adrian drove a, like a kind of a ubiquitous Camry, you know, nothing special about it, but good car. So we pull in and we are parked across from that big atrium window. It's basically like a two story wall of windows, right? Like, so you can see everybody who's parking there, right? You can see that whole parking lot. Okay. So we go in, we have lunch. It's all good. We come back out, we get in the car. And Adrian is like fumbling with her key and she's like, I don't know what's going on. She's like, the car is, she's like, this is so weird. And I'm like looking around and I'm thinking something is off. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, were these Kleenex in here before? And she's not paying attention to me because she's freaking out because like the key is not, something's weird with the key and she's worried about it. And all of a sudden I'm like, did you always have a sunroof? <laughs> And Faye's like, whose briefcase is this back here? Because she's in the back seat. So we're in there for like, it seems like we're in there for like five minutes, right? So all of a sudden, like it dawns on us all at the same time. And we all look at each other and we're like, holy shit, we're not in the right car. <laughs> Thank then, God you weren't able to drive away in it because you guys probably oh, would have. 
<laughs> we were, and then we're like three morons trying to get out of the car. Like you can't get the door open fast enough, right? Yes. We're like the three stooges, like oh. flailing, trying to get out of there. And like we all burst out. And then, you know, we're across from that giant window. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we are laughing so fucking hard and at the same time mortified. <laughs> so then we're like, we all pop out of the car and we're all like trying to act like that cool, right? And then, But we're also going... Where the fuck is the car? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Where did the car go? And then we realized we are parked next to a huge white van, probably like the creepy one that Jenny encountered in the uh, Taser episode. Yeah. And uh, on the other side of the van is Adrian's car. And either her car key thing, like, clicked that car open or it wasn't locked or... <laughs> <laughs> who yeah, knows but that was a classic adrian moment right there hey this is kim also known as the coloring book coach i just wanted to pop in here and say i hope you're doing well and also there are some great free coloring pages for you at the and i'm here for you if you need someone to talk to Right now, I'm offering 20-minute intuitive sessions for just $40. I have the ability to tune into you and your life and provide quick assessment and advice for whatever might be going on. Here's a testimony from a recent client who says, Kim's reading was extremely informative and on target. She knew very specific information about my situation and has provided me with clear direction about next steps to take. She was extremely professional, empathetic, and kind. I highly recommend Kim. She truly has a gift with energy. So if you're interested in giving this a try, reach out to me at thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com and let's talk. That's thecoloringbookcoach at gmail.com. I don't know where she got the idea to do this, but she decided to take charcoal pills. So she was ahead of her time. Yeah, well, okay. She was very ahead of her time. So listen, so she didn't just take like, a little a bit of charcoal pills. Like she was chomping those things all the time. I mean, so one day I'm in my office and her office was like across, there was like an open space and then her office was like across from mine. I hear like this sound come out of her office and I'm like, what was that? And then she was like laughing so hard she couldn't talk. And so I go over there and I'm like, it looks kind of smoky in her office. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, She's like, I burped and a huge black cloud came. Out. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she's laughing about this? I would have been terrified. Oh my God. Like everything had like a black dust on it. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and then another day, we're sitting there and we were doing budgeting and it was like, Budgeting was a big deal there because it was just a big deal. And, and it was like the whole month of January seemed like we were just like our heads down doing the budgeting because it was crazy. So she is in there and I can hear like her adding things up, you know, trying to get the budget figured out. But I'm not really paying attention, but I know she's in there doing it. And then all of a sudden I hear like, she's like, oh shit. And then she's laughing so hard. And I'm like, I'm like what did you do now? And she goes, well, I just added up the whole, whatever it was, budget, like some huge column of numbers. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, on my phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> She's using the keypad on her phone. 
the daily budget, or, or the, the yearly budget came to like 121 trillion or something. <laughs> she thought her um, hand was on the, on the calculator thingy. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, she's so, she was something else. Adrian's sons, Chad and Josh, realized that their mom really was someone special. Here, Chad shares why this podcast is the perfect place to tell some Adrian stories. This is a perfect podcast to talk about my mom because my mom, Adrian, was perpetually in a state of, how the hell did I get here? I mean, completely. <laughs> totally. she, went, she went to college and she knew she needed a degree and her father said, just in case this whole marriage thing doesn't work out, you need to be able to support yourself. So she went into advertising and then she found she liked it. And thankfully the marriage worked out great. She and my dad had an amazing, loving, fantastic partnership. I mean, really great marriage. And two unique people who were complementary to one another in a really powerful way. She always attributed my father, or attributed to my father the brains, but she was every bit as smart as my dad. She, she wasn't was. bookish, but she was very intuitive and extremely quick and sharp. But she always kind of wondered how she got there. She did retail advertising. She never felt like she wanted to go to the big show and do the agencies where the money and the flash was. She always kind of admired it, but mm -hmm. she never did it. And she found herself at Bachman's through a connection, got the job, didn't have any interest in the floral business or in gardening. In fact, no talent. I mean, <laughs> the only houseplants in our house were the toughest. They were the quick or the dead. Yeah. I got to tell you, <laughs> our yard was going back to nature, and she went to work for a I garden remember. and floral company. Yes. It, Faye and I talked about your yard when we recorded. <laughs> we were like, remember that yard? <laughs> Which would be fine, except that the business she was in, right? And, you know, when she took the job as director, she moved, she came in as, as advertising manager. And when her boss, Alan, moved on, she was offered the director position and didn't want it. She said, I don't want more management responsibilities. And then we sort of talked her into it. My brother and I, we kind of tag teamed her and said, wow. you know, do you want them to hire someone or do you want to be that person? Do you want to roll the dice really with your quality of life or do you want to do this? And she did it, but she was perpetually wondering, how the hell did I get here? How the hell did a Jewish lady end up in charge of Christmas? She, she hired Santa Claus. She ran the North Pole. I, I sent you that picture of her with the Christmas yes. tree, right? I'm, I'm well, using I love that. that picture. Absolutely. Yes, I know. She was. She, we used to joke, she was, how the hell did I get here and look a bird? Because something could happen and distract her, and we would be off and running in a completely different direction, and we'd oh, all completely. be like, what the hell? Completely. And particularly if it involved a human relationship. She would come home, oh my God. and she would say, I'm so upset. Why are you upset? Because I found out that so-and-so in the arrangement room has cancer. And I said, well, that's terrible. Is she close? Well, no, I don't really know her, but, <laughs> but I feel terrible. I just, yeah. She did, you know? No, she had a heart, a heart of gold, your mom. Oh, she did. The other thing I remember about her work was when I started to study business ethics professionally, I came to her and I said, you know, I'm kind of concerned you build these extremely close relationships with your vendors. And I understand why you do, but I said, they're not vendors, they're frienders. And the problem with that is 
you know, you've got a fiduciary responsibility to Bachman's. And, and if you have this close personal relationship with a vendor, you're at risk for being exploited. You're at risk for not trying to drive a hard bargain or to do what's best for the company. And she looked at me and she said, that looks fine in the books, but here's the deal. My people would take a bullet for me and they do what's right for Bachman's and they give us breaks all the time because of our relationships. And I treat them fairly and they treat me fairly and I would never do better by looking for arm's length prices from anyone else. And you know, after she died, I had the opportunity to talk to her new, her trib rep, a oh couple God. of the radio <laughs> reps and what they, I said, you know, I have to ask this question. I've always wondered. <laughs> they said, your mother drove an extremely hard bargain. Oh yeah, she did. It was very tough, but we loved her. And so yeah. we did everything we could. And they, she, they said she was always fair with us that she understood we were human and that mistakes happen. We never wanted to screw up for Adrian because we knew she cared. If you could make her laugh, it, you were good. No, she loved to laugh. And mm -hmm. in fact, the total win was if you could make her laugh so she had to run to the bathroom. <laughs> that, was the, that was it. You were that off the That was the goal of my childhood. You I underachieved throughout my entire childhood. I mean, she was very trusting as a parent uh, mm -hmm. to, to a fault. Yeah. I mean, you know, she would ask us. Did you do your homework? And then she, when we said yes, she would say good. And that was it. I mean, this is how I got labeled a gifted underachiever, right? I mean, yes. I came by it honestly. My mother could reasonably have been described as a gifted underachiever. Yes, yes, My yes. My father, too. We really were a lot like the Three Stooges. But we had so much fun. In this story, Faye and myself reminisce about some of the crazy situations we ended up in with Adrian. The deal was, we all three worked for the advertising department at Bachman's, and the hilarious thing was, Adrian was my boss, and then eventually I was Faye's boss, but really no one was anybody's boss. We kind of just were all in it together, as you can hear. And one of the radio stations was doing some sort of a promotion and giving away a trip to Hawaii for their clients, like if you bought a certain amount of ads or whatever, and we hadn't, but they loved Adrian and Mayor had just passed like within that last year. And That's it was right. rough. It was, she was in a rough space. Yeah. And I remember the woman from the radio station coming in and saying, you know, we want to give you this trip. And you know, that was really against the rules there. I mean, I think we had, it was, it was definitely, we couldn't accept gifts like that from vendors, right? Right. So um, I remember our boss came down, Dick came down, and I remember Adrian and telling him, and I was sitting in my office just going, I was chanting over and over in my head, just let her go, 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 because she just really needed it. I mean, she needed something to take her mind off of everything. And yes. Hawaii is a beautiful place to go for healing. I mean, it is. It's kind of magical there. So then, so they did. They said she could go, which was huge. And then she was like, oh, she didn't know who she was going to take. She was freaking out about that because, you know, she had so many girlfriends, right? Right on. And she didn't want to um, offend, offend anybody. Exactly. Right. She didn't want anyone to feel bad. So I, then I think it, obviously that you became like the prime choice. But then I was like freaking out because I'm like, what are you? I, you're leaving me here by myself. <laughs> but it, it was fine. I mean, there wasn't. So then, and then we went. We saw yeah. the flaming dancers too, and she took oh. some pictures that were so hilarious. <laughs> one, it looked like the guy had a flaming <laughs> penis. I've never seen <laughs> <laughs> like 
remember that. It was like, no matter what she did, she could not get a picture that was normal. Every time his balls were on fire or something. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I thought, well, did I miss this when I was there? He sure didn't look like he had a photograph. Well, I was thinking when we got in the wrong car at Champs. Oh, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) And the thing is, you know, it took a while before we actually knew that we were in the wrong car. That's the thing. She didn't have a sunroof to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's what I remember. You you were one of us said. Uh, I remember I got fixated on a box of Kleenex. (laughs) The front seat, and I was like... Where did these Kleenex come from? And she was, do you remember this? She was what? all fixated on trying to get the car to start. That's right. She was really worried. I think she thought she was going to have to bring it into the, you know, the service or towed away or something. Oh I mean, she was so fixated on the fact that the key wasn't fitting right. The car wasn't starting. And you and I are like, do, 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 do. I'm like, where are we? And then I think it was you that said, did you always have a sunroof? <laughs> Remember then what happened? No, I mean that that then? well the moment that we realized that we were in the wrong car. Oh my god moment. <laughs> oh my god moment. That's what it was. <laughs> and you know, that wasn't such a nice place. People keep you shot around there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we were we were in front of the big window, the full like two-story window, atrium oh, window okay. for the restaurant. So it's like we were like the entertainment for the lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She had a way, she did, she just had a way of taking us all into uh, adventure. Let's put it that way. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, she, she was did. She one who truly did go for the story. She did go for the story. And thank God, I mean, it made her life richer and ours too. Because That's I was true. telling my sister, I said, you know, I said, it was hilarious that every morning when we came into work, you, me, and her, um, we took a half hour to debrief. What had happened yes. to us since we left the day before at five o'clock? <laughs> Honest to God, but she was always a half an hour late. Remember, her stomach was always upset. She could never That's because she was it. pounding those charcoal pills. <laughs> oh, geez, that was the best. Yeah, it truly was the best story of all. <laughs> I miss it. In this story, Adrian's son Josh shares about what it was like growing up with his mom and how she helped influence him to become a world-renowned stand-up comedian, among other things. The biggest lesson I learned from both my parents is that things can be both incredibly serious and incredibly hilarious simultaneously. And I I I mean, that's how I got the wiring of a comedian, was that, was seeing life through that dual lens that was never about over drama and it was always about sort of going, holy shit, this is ridiculous. You know? <laughs> right. As well as holy shit, this is horrific. You know? Yeah, because some of the biggest holy shit things in life can be also hilariously funny. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get away from it a little bit, but then. <laughs> but sometimes they're funny even when they're happening, like when the monkey had me by my hair. I spent my life trying to make her laugh, you know, because she was a great laugh. In my family, particularly with my mom, there was no amount of tension you couldn't break with a good joke. If it was a bad joke, it could backfire in a huge way. And that's what I was major. <laughs> yeah. But, but I did find that 
there was if you if you got the good joke at the right moment, she would break. And it was she awesome. appreciated timing and understood absolutely. it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I mean, her audience skills to me were hugely formative because it was you know it wasn't an easy room at my house. But it was like a good joke. I always got it's due. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. And I remember that too from working with her. And your mom loved to laugh. And she laughed till she peed. Yes. Uh, and she did laugh till she peed. <laughs> yes. God. <laughs> she was actually one of the most road ragey drivers I ever met. She would just narrate her rage at people. And it was always about people doing unfair things. Yeah. Yep. Merge into that lane at Lindale off the, off the cross town. <laughs> Yeah, people cutting in. Ooh. Oh, God. No, she, she drove fast, and she drove intensely. When we were in her funeral procession in the limo behind the hearse, I think my wife said, uh, do you think she's really in there? And I'm like, no, if she was, we wouldn't be going this slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The menopause fan. I have one now. I should call it Adrian. It's my I, friend Adrian. I cleaned out her house, and there was... 15 menopause fans. Oh, God, yeah. You know, for some reason, she didn't throw them away when they're... Uh, well, no, it might not have been that. 99 life. No, it's not that she probably didn't throw them away. She probably didn't know where they were. No, they were in it like... There was at least a dozen in a drawer. Shorting issues. She also had a good, a gajillion pairs of her size black shoes. <laughs> but she had a big foot too and she was constantly she lamenting her big feet so when she found a pair of shoes that fit she would buy them always and so <laughs> she had this remarkable collection of incredibly similar shoes and there's a jewish tradition that you don't give away shoes of the dead people hey i had to throw away these shoes so they're like contractor bags filled <laughs> with black <laughs> shoes of almost indecipherable difference it wasn't like she was even a shoe fan it wasn't like a, she wasn't a melda marcos about it no it wasn't that interesting this wide variety of she wasn't like a hat lady she just had this basic insecurity that's that's like they might stop making her size <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i could have stopped with that size and that's it but that was i mean she had a basic insecurity about i might run out of something i want found something she liked it was now a supply chain. Like if she lived today, <laughs> yes. she'd have so many Amazon ongoing subscriptions to products. You'd be yeah. dangerous on Amazon. I'm surprised she never had like a QVC problem or anything like oh, that. Oh, thank she God. Bought some ridiculous shit on a regular basis. I do remember her buying some crazy shit. Like she liked the that. Walgreens crazy aisle. You know the how they always have the weird yeah. shit in Walgreens. Yeah. <laughs> like the bad kitchen gadgets. And yes. Smart. I think I remember she bought a vibrator at Walgreens one day. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she really thought it was for her back. Yeah. And yeah, she brought it back and showed it to me and Faye. And she's like, oh, I'm going to use this. And we're like, for what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no boundaries. Yeah, no, no, but she, she <laughs> didn't see it until we said, Adrian, look at it. Look <laughs> yeah. at the shape of it. That is not for your back. And she was like, oh. <gasps> We'd like to close this week with a few words from Adrienne herself as recorded at her last birthday party thrown by her sons. 
It was a full-blown concert with Josh, his wife, and their band performing for her and about a hundred of her friends. And a night I'll never forget. I think you can hear that we lost someone pretty damn special. Whenever I heard someone express the thought that something good always comes out of the worst situations, you know how cynical I am. And my little mind went right. (laughs) But something good has come of my illness. A bright, shining love that has come from everyone in this room. My sons, Allison, Marvin, who came to my house every night to make sure I was okay, okay and lock up my house and tuck me in. My sister, her family, all my family, and every single friend in this room. You have no idea how I appreciate all of you. You cared for me, you cooked for me, you schlepped me to appointments when I couldn't drive, or just so I wouldn't be alone there. You utzed me along to get stronger and generally made me feel loved and protected and cared for. All of you have shown me that despite all the difficult things that come with my cancer, I have much to celebrate. Thank you. I love you all. As always, thanks for listening and a huge thank you to everyone who is supporting the show in any way. Whether you're listening, reviewing, subscribing, or sharing, you are our heroes. We truly appreciate you and your support. I'd like to say a special thank you here to Adrian's sons, Chad and Josh, for joining us this week to share memories of their mom. Dr. Chad Weinstein is hardly the underachiever he claims to be. He is founder and president of Ethical Leaders in Action, and you can find his excellent book, Thinking Aloud, Reflections on Ethical Leadership on Amazon. And Josh, also known as J. Elvis Weinstein, has been a stand-up comedy star since he was a teenager. Maybe you've heard his podcast, Thought Spiral. You can also catch his documentary, I Need You to Kill, on Amazon Prime, and find his latest comedy album, Chunks, on Amazon. And be sure to follow him on Twitter. You can find links on our show notes for both Chad and Josh's work. This week's episode also featured myself, Carrie Floden, and my dear friend and Jewish mother, Faye Krupp. Thanks again to our sponsor, The Coloring Book Coach. Find your free coloring book at thecoloringbookcoach.com. Our theme song and ad music is created by Silent Partner, which we found on YouTube's Creator Library. Meet you back here next week for more How in the Hell Did I Get Here stories. Until then... Pay attention, my friends. You just never know when you might find yourself saying, How in the hell did I get here? How in the Hell Did I Get Here is written, produced, and hosted by Kim A. Floden with editing help from Carrie Floden. You know, Chad, when I got divorced the first time and your mom on a Saturday, I had to move and it was like she showed up in jeans and a t-shirt and she helped me move. Just your mom. Just your mom on a Saturday. Yeah, I'll never forget that. That's cool. That's, That's really cool. She was a good friend. She was a good, good she, friend. I mean, she really was one of my best friends. Her and Faye. She I mean, felt the same way about you for sure. Yeah, the, yeah. they were the Jewish mothers. Oh, you had some fun. You had you all. You oh all had my some god, we had so much fun. Mom.